Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 10 of the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast. Boys, we made it to double digits. Uh, I'm joined here today by uh, Matt Squared. We've got uh, Matt Oje and Matt Chamberlain's back after a tough, tough opening pod, but we're giving them a second chance. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, Kenny. I hope Matt's prepared this time. You he know, says he is. It was a tough opening week. I uh, wasn't used to the uh, pressure of being a part of one of these, but I think I'm going to rise to the occasion this one. That might have been the first time in a podcast history that someone had a top 10 list and they just kind of gave up <laughs> midway through. Yeah. Uh, most podcasts would, you know, uh, edit that sort of stuff out, but not us. We, uh, we do it live. <laughs> we're, just, we're just doing it live. So uh, we, we're only a couple weeks out now from uh, the NBA season kicking off. We're right in the middle of preseason. Uh, we've also got some fantasy stuff that we're going to be talking about later on in the pod. But uh Bit of controversy in the league right now, and uh, we're going to let Matt Oje take this segment to discuss uh, Daryl Morey, and uh, apparently Twitter is an issue for him. Big issue. It's been all over the news, Kenny, but in case anyone out there, any of our 10 listeners are listening, (laughs) and they don't know the situation, uh, Daryl Morey made a tweet. He was in support of Hong Kong, in which the Chinese Basketball Association, which is um, headed by Yao Ming, by the way. Ooh. Robert's Shout out to Yao Ming, yeah, Hall of Famer Yao Ming. That's not ironic. <laughs> but then they canceled uh, like all of the Rockets preseason games. And then the NBA sort of left Daryl hanging to dry to start. They said, Daryl doesn't speak for us. And then they made another comment saying, we support fr- the free speech of all our people, but it's still Daryl's comments. And so now the West is in a big uproar against uh, China, especially other stuff that's been going on with like Blizzard and stuff. We won't get into that, but there's other problems happening in terms of that. And uh, I think what the NBA did, I think they could have took that first stand they took against them where they just sort of let, left Daryl hanging to dry. If they had just went to their second comment, that would be a bit better. But like they sort of, because I mean, I see why they did it. I mean, like, NBA's got like how much? Four billion dollars over there, right? Yeah. A lot of money. But uh that's what people are angry about is like China's controlling everyone with their money and all that stuff. And the NBA's been on the forefront of a lot of social issues. And this is one they're thinking they should take a stand on as well for some. Yeah, I think the NBA's kinda I don't know. There, I did notice that uh, after that Rockets game, there was someone from CNN trying to ask questions to Westbrook and Harden, and they just weren't answering them at all. So I think the NBA is trying to send a message of just like, you know, we're trying to move past this. But yeah, it is a pretty bizarre incident. I mean, you don't really expect these sort of things to come out, especially during a preseason tour in uh, in China. But Yeah, it was a bit interesting his timing about it, but he still made it. Um... Yeah, I think he's entitled to have his opinion. Sometimes it's just better to, you know, not tweet that out. It's better to just kind of keep that stuff to yourself. But, yeah. Even, like, the league, the NBA has always prided itself on, you know I mean, having those outspoken players on those issues with the new commissioner. So Yeah, I mean, you had that LeBron stuff with the shut-up and dribbles, uh, if that was last year or the year before. But, yeah, they, they definitely have encouraged their players to speak out. Um, obviously, this is a GM that's doing it. Um, some people were calling for him to resign, which I thought was a little Excessive. over the top. Yeah, especially, I mean... I do love a good Daryl Morey quote, you know, him saying that Harden's better than Michael Jordan offensively. And, that's you know, not true. <laughs> that's not true. We're going to get into one of his, one, more of his dumbass moves that he's come out with in a little bit here. It's going to be elite. <laughs> I, think, 
I think if it was other teams other than Houston, this might not have become a story. But I mean, besides Golden State and LA, like they probably have one of the biggest Asian connections Houston does. Like if Tom Thibodeau of Minnesota, <laughs> I don't think anyone would be caring too much because that's Minnesota, like some other team, not a big name, right? But well, and plus they know Thibodeau is probably going to lose his job by the uh, end of the year, whereas they'll just write it off as some. I mean, Daryl Morey will be there for executive of the year again for sure. So I'm glad that they didn't take the route of, you know, just dumping him because he's put together a really good team. Uh, considering the Dwight Howard flop that they had a number of years ago to turn it into now having Harden and Westbrook, that's pretty pretty remarkable on their part. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Houston does have one of the one of the more influential brands over in uh, China, having Yao Ming been there. They had Jeremy mm-hmm. Lin play there for a couple years as well. That's, uh, yeah, it's, I hope that they can move past this. And we just need to get back out on the court and uh, see these guys. Uh, see, it's going to be interesting, like, how much money is going to come out of this. I think maybe they'll kick them out if they lose too much, right? Yeah, it they is a business. But but. It is a business, though. That's, I mean, there's been a lot of canceled contracts over there, too, and they're reevaluating their stuff. So yeah. there's already been some repercussions. But uh, Yeah, I think, I think it's good that uh, they're going to... I think they're just going to move past this and, uh, you know, get back to basketball, which is ultimately... Uh, what we're here to talk about so uh next up we did have a pretty notable re-signing uh kyle lowry was extended for an additional year at 31 million dollars uh this this was a an interesting move by Masai because i was really anticipating the raptors going in more of a rebuild direction but they decided that they wanted to hang on to kyle for another year so uh what are your guys thoughts on uh extending him i think that's a loyalty move to him because they had the cap, and it's only for one year, right? It's not like two or three years at 31. They had the cap. They're going to give him to him because he also said he was, like, wanting a trade if he didn't get it, right? Um, So they're going to play for 2021. Kyle's not going to be on the books. If he wants to come back, he'll probably have to take a team-friendly deal. So they're just giving it to him because of all he's done for the team. And, I mean, his his jersey's going up in the rafters, so that's just his payment for all what, all he's done. It's like you said, it's a loyalty thing. They've had so many stars who've played there and left. It's about if someone's willing to stay, you need to show that as an organization you're going to keep them after they gave that all the franchise, even for future players that may come there. Yeah, and no one's saying that like Lowry's the best Raptor to have ever played there, but I think he's the one who's kind of resonated the most with the fans because he's, you know, started out his career kind of on a, a tough road, and then when he ended up in Toronto, they almost traded him early on to the Knicks, and he stuck around and, you know, really fought for the city and ultimately was a big part of bringing them a championship. So I do like the fact that it's only a year because... Yeah, if it was uh, more than a year for that kind of money, I'd be not liking it, but... Well, and this is a bit of an evaluation year, too, because I know that Kawhi left, but this is still a team that has, you know, a lot of guys there. And so uh, it does intrigue me uh, to see, you know, does Siakam take the next step? Does Freddie maybe have another level? OG Ananobi, who missed pretty much all of last year. I mean, to have him back, maybe he's got a little bit more to give. And, you know, this is a team that, you know, could, uh, could surprise some people. Uh, so I'm okay with the the re-signing. Uh, 31 million actually isn't too too bad considering. I think it's only because they had the cap to give them that much, right? Yeah, That's... and and as you said, they're playing for 2021 ultimately. Like, 
no one's expecting them to win the championship, but I think Masai also doesn't want to tear it down yet. I think uh, also secures his job for a little bit longer. Whereas yeah. if they go from championship to like twenty straight, wins, then straight tanking, yeah. Yeah, so I'm okay with it. I next up, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA preseason. Um, there's been a couple of bizarre plays that have have happened in preseason. Starting with, I mean, Ben Simmons hitting a three pointer and Philly celebrating like they just won the championship, which they also weren't playing an NBA team. I might note. So, <laughs> you know, they got really fired up, blowing out a team by like 58 in an exhibition game. So that was interesting for sure. Yeah, they got like, uh, really pumped over that three, but it doesn't even count. So when he actually hits one in the uh, the regular season. They just lost all their hype for it, and it's not going to be as cool anymore. Yeah, definitely. If he, if he hits one, he's got to hit one first. That's still up in the air. Yeah, because like preseason versus an actual game and the level of competition to the NBA, it's completely different. Yeah, I mean, for he's still sure. going to get open and have the chances, but you know, still. I also don't see him taking a three if they're in like a five-point game yes. like this. He's this not is going to be with the ball to shoot the three at the end of the game. No. No, this is going to be an up by 20, down by 20. Like, just put it up there, Ben. <laughs> Let, he establishes let's, himself. Yeah, let's see what you've got. Uh, there were a couple guys who stood out to me as far as preseason goes. Uh, one for a good reason, one for a bad. My good reason was uh, Taco Fall actually came in. And, I mean, he's already been a fan favorite as far as uh, Celtic fans go. But, you know, he came in the other night and gave them some quality minutes. He looked like someone who might actually play a role in their rotation what do you guys think yeah um i mean if he's playing a role he's playing eighth or ninth man he's probably gonna get garbage minutes but that will be good for him he's still young he's still got time to grow although if he grows any more than seven six that's gonna be something <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i think he can find a spot it's not gonna be meaningful minutes i don't think but he's gonna find a spot he's not i wouldn't be surprised if he maybe started g league and got brought up midway through the year but he's going he's gonna to do good for them. It's like you said, with height like that and just the work ethic that he has, he's going to do something. It's like you said, not meaningful minutes. Maybe one day he'll work himself up into giving somebody a five-minute break in the third or something, but never playing during crunch time, that sort of thing. I mean, his role kind of intrigues me because I could see them, you know, if they're playing a team that's that's a bit undersized and they're trying to go to that small ball and then you throw him in at center, I feel like that just completely throws a wrench in your plan because, I mean, how do you cover someone that's 7-6 when your center's playing at like 6-9 or something, right? Regular centers would have a tough time guarding his height, but yeah, so small it, ball center. I think that's partially why they drafted him because they see a guy who... Uh, is pretty solid around the rim. I mean, he's got one of the highest field goal percentages coming out of college that people have seen in a long time. And, I mean, yeah, the majority of that's dunks, but <laughs> what else do you do when you're 7-6, right? So I think he's he's a guy that could definitely play a role in their rotation. Uh, they, they don't have as many bigs as they used to, obviously, with Horford departing. Uh, they did bring in Cantor, but, you know, that's just another guy that they could throw in at the center position and uh, could give them some quality minutes. Uh, and then my the guy who stood out is just like I just don't get it I guess is James Harden um he came in the other night and he gave them like 25 minutes and like really went for a triple double in uh preseason I don't really get it like I've I've heard that people feel that he's needs to play for conditioning reasons but I mean there's one thing to be conditioning it's another thing to like be chasing stats in a preseason game like he does know that that doesn't contribute to his like stats come MVP conversation, right? Shoot or shoot, Kenny. Shoot or shoot. I think, well, 
with West Westbrook and Harden, right? They're trying to give them as much time on, even though they're not playing. Well, it's just preseason, but give them much time to get them gelling in, so they don't have to spend the first few games of the regular season doing that. They can just hit the ground running. And you know, Dan Tony likes to win regular season games, right? So. The bizarre part, though, is that uh, Westbrook wasn't even playing that night. So it was just, they just said, Harden, this is your night to shine. Like, because he needed one to shine, apparently. Uh, I didn't really get him going after the triple-double. Also, doing that stupid off-one-foot three-pointer that he's he's rocking now, I don't really... That is filthy, and I love it. It's going to be elite. It's gonna be... We're completely divided on this topic. <laughs> I, I hate it. I think it's dumb. I think it's bad for the league. I just... I don't know. Th- those are shots that we put up in an open gym and like make one out of every thirty, and a Harden's gonna make like ten out of thirty. So it won't be know. great even for kids seeing yeah, that he, shot. If he starts hitting those, like that's all kids are gonna do on the freaking playground. And that's what worries me. Like <laughs> I, I love Steph Curry, but the Curry range stuff that kids are doing now, like I don't think that it's really great for basketball moving forward. And if if this Harden shot sticks, this off one foot stuff, I. I don't even want to watch basketball at that point. That's going to be pretty disappointing. But you don't like warming up with threes at half like Curry does. Uh, I'm I'm not about that life, but I know that that some of us are. Maybe so Dan Tony, maybe Harden's just seeing how far he can push it with Dan Tony. He's just going like, <laughs> to do crazier and crazier stuff, and he's going to be like, "Mike, can I do this?" And be like, "Yeah, go ahead." He's, he's like, like "Really? Yeah, you're really? Presence. You're you're not pulling me?" <laughs> okay, yeah, you're, I'm going to keep best going. James. You can you can go do that. Um, and then the other player that's. Uh, he got a little bit of uh, praise yesterday. Was uh, first overall pick Zion Williamson, who uh, who had 29 points yesterday in preseason. He was actually 12 of 13 from the field. Uh, all of those were from within five feet of the rim. So uh, we can't look too much into that. But uh, what were your guys' thoughts on Zion? I thought he looked really good with Lonzo, which I was pretty yeah, those, shocked those by. Falcons look like they're gelling decently. It's still preseason, right? You, I mean, you're gonna. We're still going to put the star over it that it's preseason, but they could have looked worse, and uh, that's pretty good for them. Zion, I mean, yeah, all his points are coming in close, and that's that's sort of what he was advertised. He wasn't some sharpshooter, but... I mean, I'm also trying not to look into it too much because they were also playing the Bulls, yeah. which... That's preseason. You, you, you know my opinion Bulls. on the Bulls. Uh, my bust for the year, Zach Levine had, you know, 28 points last night, so that's not looking like a hot take right now. Hey, what did we uh, say? Star over preseason. Yeah, I mean, I hope that uh, I hope that his numbers go down, otherwise I'm going <laughs> to look like a real, real fraud <laughs> for that take. Uh, so... That pretty much wraps up preseason. I mean, oh, ultimately... Did you, see, did you see Marcus Morris got kicked out? <laughs> like, yeah, Marcus Morris, you know... Uh, it's kicked out in preseason. Pushing the ball in someone's face, <laughs> yeah. that was uh, that was pretty funny to watch. He didn't get fined or anything, so it's good to see that guys aren't taking fines in just, nothing just pickup games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we just want regular season to start. Uh, Two weeks. But uh, we got a bit of a shorter episode here today, but we did want to close out with some uh, fantasy basketball stuff. Uh, We've had our lists going for a while now. Uh, We're capping it off today, our five-part series, with with the center position. Uh, This is another one of those deeper positions when it comes to fantasy value because uh, a lot of guys do have both power forward and center eligibility. So 
Uh, we're going with strictly off of uh, the depth chart as to who's going to be playing center for their teams. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to get things started. I'm going to start with uh, my number one center going into this year for uh, fantasy basketball, and that's Anthony Davis. Uh, I think that we've talked a lot about load management on the pod, and I think that LeBron's going to be doing that quite a bit. And I think he's kind of going to let Davis have the reins of the team. Um, LeBron's going to be there come playoff time. Uh, but I don't think he's going to play the full 82 games. I think the Lakers are going to need somebody who is. And, yeah, I think Davis is that guy. He's going to bring you pretty much everything that you need outside of maybe assists. And so, yeah, who have you guys got at number one? I went with uh, Jokic at number one. I'm, uh, I mean, Denver's only seems to be getting better. Jokic seems to be getting better. He's just going to be slinging darts from the top of the key there for sick assists and grabbing boards. If he averages a triple-double, I wouldn't be surprised this year. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty hot take, but... Averaging a triple-double. Um, he's going to be like 12, 10, and 10. Not like a Harden or Westbrook 30, 12, and 10, but... I think he's going to do it. That's why I got him number one. Wow. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> Only hot takes. Chamberlain, who have you got at one? So I got Davis. It's like you said. He's a freak athlete. He's way younger than LeBron. They need somebody to get him to playoffs at some point, and when you can shoot the ball as well as him, jump as high, rebound as well, do everything. There's no way that he can't put up monster stats throughout the entire season. Also, defensively, he gives you a lot more than Jokic does because uh, I do really like Jokic as well. It was yeah. it was a bit of a toss-up for me between the two, uh, but ultimately Davis is going to average you know a couple blocks. He'll get a steal a game sort of guy because uh, I have Jokic at number two. Uh, Jokic's value, as you mentioned, triple doubles. If you've got a triple double category and you know you miss out on that Hardener Westbrook, that's a guy that you know he's going to give you at least I would think a triple double a month type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he might not average it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll end up with like you know close to ten triple doubles by the end of the year, which is nice. And uh, yeah, I think Denver's going to win a lot of games like they did last year. Jokic is going to be the major reason for that, and so I got Jokic at two. I uh, went with Carl Anthony Towns at number two. Minnesota's kind of a dumpster fire, but he's the lone guy with a bucket of water trying to put it out. <laughs> um, he's just a stud, and there's no one else on Minnesota save for the Mopey Wiggins and Covington, right? He's going to get the points, and he's defensive beast, too. He's going to get swats, rebounds. He's going he's gonna to be the only guy scoring points and doing everything. That's why I put him, too. And yeah, for me, I got Jokic too, just like Ken here. It's like you said, he's too good offensively. He rebounds, he scores, he passes the ball well. Just like we covered uh, defensively, uh, Anthony Davis, he just gives you those extra blocks and steals. And because of that, Jokic went too, even though it's like you said, he's close. May uh, not average a triple-double. I'm going to disagree with Matt on that one. <laughs> I think Matt's starting to disagree with himself on that one, that he's going to average the triple-double. Hindsight's 20-20. Yeah. Uh, Jokic, he's too good offensively, and he's top two for sure. For sure. Uh, at three, I've got Carl Anthony Towns there. Uh, I got the funniest visual when you said the lone guy with the bucket of water, and that's all that I can think about right now. Uh, no, I think Towns is like a 25 and 12, 25 and 14 type of guy. Uh, he will be the only guy in Minnesota. They will not win very many games. Unless Wiggins uh, finally takes that step. I believe Wiggins. I believe. I mean, if he doesn't, I mean, they also have, is it Culver there as well? 
Like, yeah, they, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful for him. I just don't know if Minnesota's – sometimes it matters which team a guy gets drafted to, and I feel like Minnesota's one of those places that, you know, they screw up a lot of guys, a.k.a. Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> uh, so I've got Carl Anthony Towns at three. I wish he was a bit better defensively, but it's tough to play defense when no one else on your team can play offense. So uh, who have you guys got at three? Um, well, I slung Davis at three. Tough to deny what he's doing. I had Jokic and Big Cat above him, but yeah, points have already been said. Uh, he's going to play 82 games. He's LeBron's going to load manage. He's going to get some points there. Not see, much said. And I got Carl uh, Anthony at a three. And see, I think he's going to take that step defensively just because nobody else is going to play <laughs> defense and walk by him, and he is going to need to swat away the shot. To be fair, if there is one coach in the league that could help him <laughs> defensively, it would be elite coach Tom Thibodeau. You know, everybody's good at one thing. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of games where they win, you know, 90 to 88, and Carl uh, Anthony might be the reason for that. They have 48 minutes a game, probably. 48 minutes, 52 points, you know, whatever it takes to get the W. Uh, at number four, I've got Rudy Gobert, actually. Uh, the two-time defending defensive player of the year is who I've got it for. I I know that they added Connolly and Bogdanovich. That might take a bit away from his value, but I think he's still going to be the Stifle Tower. He's going to give you blocks, rebounds. He's going to score here and there. Uh, I really like his value of, you know, if you can get him, you know, mid-second round, early third, he would be a nice guy to, to pick there. And then your center spot, you're, especially in categories leagues, because he's going to give you the rebounds and blocks, which could really give you the edge. So I got to go bear it for Stifle Tower. I've never heard that. You've never heard the I've Stifle heard Tower? That. Wow. Like that. That's shocking. Uh, number four, I put uh, Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers. He looked, he, the question with him always, is he going to get injured? But he looks like he's doing all right, dropping some weight, and uh, he's finding his groove. Now, how will Horford fit in? Will Horford steal some of that away from him? I don't think so. So I'm hoping Embiid will be number four. I got him beat at 4-2, you know, he uh, leaned down, so now he's a lean, mean, scoring, rebounding machine. Was that partially because of the malaria that he had in the playoffs last year? Is that why he lost all that weight, or is that it probably just... probably helped, yeah. It's probably. a contributing factor, I'm not going to lie, but I also think that clean diet, uh, you know... Sliding into Rihanna's DMs, you know, whatever whatever it takes in order to uh, make it in the league, right? It's a lot of calories to slide into DMs. You gotta thin down to keep a woman like that. Who can blame them? I mean, it's a full-time profession, really, DM sliding. Like, I feel like you could have that on a resume. I honestly... I won't put it on mine key. personally, but I feel like someone could do that. <laughs> it shows persistence, because let's be honest, uh, you're going to fail more often than not, probably. The success MD might not. <laughs> you're going to succeed 60% of the time, all the time. Uh, next up, I, I have Embiid at number five. Uh, the malaria is behind him. Philly's uh, <laughs> going to figure it out. Uh, I don't think that they're going to have much shooting, but uh, Embiid's... I think just when he is healthy, I think he is the best center in the league. It's just a question of, will he play 82 games? Uh, How is this going to work with all the pieces that they have? Uh, but I still have him at number five because when he is out there, he is he's elite. So, Yeah. Would you put him beat higher if he didn't have all these injury problems? 
Yeah, I would probably have... He'd be ahead of Gobert and Towns for sure. Uh, I probably wouldn't have him ahead of Jokic just because of the, the triple-double value that MB doesn't really bring. But, yeah, I'd, I'd have him top three if it, it weren't for... If it wasn't the, a band-aid, yeah, he'd definitely be higher. I threw uh, Vucevic five. Uh, you know, the Magic coming up, and Vucevic is one of the leaders. If first overall draft pick Markel Fultz gets it going, uh, who knows what will happen down there. But I think he's going to give you... I mean, he kind of torched the Raptors in the one game last year, but... Well, and that's one guy that I meant to mention, too, in the preseason uh, stuff, because I did see some videos of him playing in preseason, and he actually looked like he was... He was playing pretty solid, and I thought that it was kind of odd that they moved on from Fultz as quickly as they did. Uh, but to have him now in Orlando, like I feel like that's an ideal situation for him because I think their starting point guard right now is DJ Augustine, if I'm not mistaken. And if Fultz can be their starter moving forward with Aaron Gordon and Vucevic and Terrence Ross and all the guys there, like I think Fultz always seems to show flashes of what he could do and then just regresses, but. Yeah, we're on, we're on Vucevic right now. I think he's going to do really good. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is passionate about Vucevic. I am sorry. I'm less passionate because I did trade him last year in fantasy. I did get elite Jonas Valanciunas back uh, and a first rounder. But uh, yeah, Matt, who, who have you got at number five? I should say Chamberlain because there's too you. many Matts. I just told you. There's too many Matts. There's never enough Matts. Anyways, I got uh, Drummond because... Drummond in Detroit, he had a good season last year. I think that when you're young like that, you're only going to improve. Maybe his free throw percentage goes up. I really doubt it. But Drummond with the rebounds, points he gives you, blocks being a defensive anchor for him, he's uh, <laughs> he's going to do very well. Very fair. Uh, at number six, I have Drummond as well. Uh, he's coming off averaging 17 and 15 which is a pretty pretty stellar numbers. Uh, I think I, I was really high on Blake Griffin, and I was high on Drummond for a minute, and then I realized that I wasn't a Pistons fan, so I had to kind of peel back a little bit on my love of Drummond. Uh, but I do, I do think that he's, uh, he's going to be someone that's he's going to give you boards, blocks, probably not that free throw percentage if you're looking at that, although his free throw has improved over the years. So... Uh, yeah, I got Drummond at number six. Who have you guys got at six? I went with uh, Phoenix Suns' DeAndre Eaton. I think, uh, like Minnesota, they are a dumpster fire as well. <laughs> uh, but there are two people. There's Booker and there's Aiden trying to toss out that fire right now. So I think they're, I mean, the West is tough. They're not going to make the playoffs, but I think Aiden's going to give you a lot. He had a really good year last year, and uh, he's only got room to grow right now. If he keeps on that trend, he's going to become pretty good. Uh, for number six, I got Vucevic because he is a he's a very good uh, player. He's excellent scoring defensively. He's always been kind of lacking, but you know when you uh, score and you're as good a, good on the offensive end as he is, sometimes you make those sacrifices. And I think sometimes it's just you know I mean coming in a little bit better shape. And I think that this year he's slowly been progressing each year. And I think that he might make a little bit more of a step on the defensive end and do a little bit more for you. Yeah, I got Vucevic at seven as well. Um, pretty much a double double every night type of guy. Yeah, he needs to step it up defensively. But I mean, if you just want more scoring because maybe you gave up a bit at other positions, then 
I, I would definitely take Vucevic. I think it's a good pick. He's he's a guy that I don't think has had significant injury trouble in his career. So that's a, another thing that's in his favor. Of course, now that I said that, he's probably going to tear an ACL. But uh, I got uh, Vucevic at number seven. I, I threw Gobert at seven. I think Conley's going to take away some of his points. He's not going to need to score as much as he has past years. He's still going to be uh, the stifle tower. Good name. <laughs> Can't believe you hadn't heard I of that. Didn't hear that. He's still going to be good on defense, crowd sports, but I think his point production is going to go a bit down. It's not going to be terrible. He's still good enough to be on this list, but uh, I think Conley's going to take away some, preventing me from putting him higher. See, I also got the Stifle Tower, Gobert at seven. I believe Kenny made that nickname because he's French, if I'm correct. Uh, that that is a legitimate nickname that he has, <laughs> and it is shocking to me that you guys have never heard of the Stifle Tower for Rudy Gobert. But yeah, I got a Gobert at seven. Honestly, if I was playing basketball, he'd be higher up on my list as an actual teammate. But it's like we talk about this is fantasy. Conley's going to take away some some scoring from him. He's still still going to do what he does defensively and rebound. He's going to lock down the paint for you. But just those looks are going to disappear when you have uh, as offensively talented as a point guard as Conley is on your team. Fair enough. Uh, at number eight, I've got DeAndre Ayton as well. Uh, yes, Phoenix is a dumpster fire. We love to point that out. <laughs> uh, they did add Ricky Rubio, elite point guard, so uh, that's going to help with Ayton's. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, Ayton's <laughs> going to pretty much have to do it with just Devin Booker. They might as well be playing two on five at this point. And Kelly Oubre. Uh, elite Kelly Oubre. Uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna struggle to get wins, but Aiton's gonna be putting up numbers. He was, I think, he would have been third last year in rookie voting, um, just behind Trey Young and Doncic. So, coming into his second year, I think he's gonna have a, a breakout year. We're hoping. Could be one of those guys that you look for for most improved too. If he really takes the next step and you know gets to maybe like twenty two and twelve, even like that could be a candidate there. But. Yeah, and that's always tough to imagine because he was pretty strong as a rookie too yeah and most improved player also that award is just like the <laughs> ultimate crapshoot because it's just like hey who averages eight points but is gonna average 20 this year <laughs> like it's so tough to pick uh i just wrote an article last week where i actually terry rogier as a uh, most improved player this year <laughs> scary terry averaged nine last year i think he's gonna bump that up to about 18 and six <laughs> on Scarence, charlotte so scarence terrence mm-hmm. who have you guys got at number eight getting back to fantasy centers i did google i accidentally Google the Stifler Towers. <laughs> All I got were pictures of Sean William Scott. <laughs> Be sure to check the auto. Yes, I don't know yet. Uh, I had I threw Drummond at eight. I think I don't. I think Griffin's going to take another step up, which is going to somehow Griffin's going to take another step up, even though I'm really high on Griffin too. Now I can't look like a Pistons fan either. Uh, I don't think Drummond's going to have the same production. He's getting up there in age. It's like, what, 26, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which in, in the NBA is ancient now. The NBA so. centers are very ancient, but I put Drummond at 8. I got uh, DeAndre Ayton at 8. Yet again, we'll reiterate this. Dumpster fire. Uh, unlike Carl uh, Anthony, well, I don't think he'll be the single fireman since he has Booker. But Booker's going to need to put up 70 a <laughs> night to win 30 games. So, But yeah, DeAndre Ayton, the Booker stretching the floor, it gives him a little bit of help down in the paint. 
he'll grab a few more rebounds. Just like you said, it was his first year last year. He's going to improve. I'm not completely sold on the most improved player, but he's going to get better each year. Said he was a candidate. I didn't say it was going to happen, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you mean. That that was a bold statement. Uh, at number nine, I've got Clint Capella. I. Uh, I mean, he's just going to get all of the rebounds as long as Westbrook and Harden let him. (laughs) Westbrook and Harden take those boards. I mean, for all we know, Capella's going to average five boards to both of their ten. Wouldn't shock me if that (laughs) happened. (laughs) But I think his value's still there. Lobs, dunks, blocks. Yeah, he's a a guy that if you you give up a bit in the uh, forward department and you draft guard heavy, maybe you can get Capella a bit later on. Yeah, I had Capella there too. I think um, uh, Westbrook and Harden are going to really space the floor for him, so maybe they'll just toss to him in the post or Westbrook off a drive kind of stuff. He's going to have a lot of easy points, and the question is boards. We'll see about that, but he's going to get points. Maybe he'll just, at the end of the shot clock, throw it to Harden or Westbrook and let them put it up. They like to do that, so. Maybe all three will just average 10 rebounds. <laughs> They're just going to be the only people to no get rebounds on the team. P.J. Tucker is allowed to average half a board a game. <laughs> uh, for nine, I put uh, Miles Turner on this one. I like Indiana. I think when Oladipo comes back, hopefully soon. But until then, Miles Turner is going to do big things for them because... He's so good defensively. Yeah, like, honestly, he could have taken this ball from Gobert for two last year I think because like he competed I think that's going to make him have a chip on his shoulder come in be a little bit better both defensively what I know is hard to imagine and also offensively just since the options right now with Oladipo missing yeah I've got Turner at 10 as well love his defensive presence um yeah he's going to be one of the only guys in Indiana outside of maybe Sabonis and Brogdon um he's just a solid center to have um, I'm glad that you called him Miles Turner because I've been saying Evan Turner all day, and that's a vastly different player. <laughs> so thank you for uh, doing Turner first on your list. Uh, and who have you guys got at 10 to round it out? Uh, of course, I'm going to have a Raptors player, Marcus All, number 10. I did throw, we were talking about this, I did throw Ibaka as my bust last po- last pod, so I'm not all high on the Raptors. but And all three Raptors fans that listen were ripping you, I'm sure, all week. Yeah, so. I'm sure they're not happy with it. <laughs> Um, I think Gasol, I mean, Siakam's number one, Lowry's probably number two, but Gasol's gonna, he's like, uh, older budget Vucevic, not Vucevic, Jokic at this point, slings the ball from the high post, does what he needs to do, uh, he's gonna hit a few threes on you, and if no one else steps up, he's gonna be like the number two or three option, I think he's gonna get some. Number ten, I got Steven Adams, also known as the big Kiwi, the Kiwi Phenom. Uh, I think that he's going to do. Maybe I made those up. (laughs) I'm 100% sure you made up Kiwi Fino. (laughs) I uh, strongly disagree with you, but uh, teach their own. I just think Steven Adams, he knows what he does. He has good low post moves. You make that sacrifice a little bit defensively. He's going to get you points, 14, 15 a game, along with, you know, I mean, 10 rebounds usually. And I just think if you pick him when you're lacking in scoring and rebounding section, you can't really go wrong. Even though, like you said, you'll lack the assists, you'll lack the defense, but that's okay. The Kiwi Phenom is an actual nickname for Steven Adams. Wow. But the big Kiwi is not. You know... I am, I am shocked. I'm shocked too. Huh? <laughs> the Kiwi <laughs> Phenom. I thought you made that up. The big Kiwi did not show up as a Kiwi Phenom. It's not going to show up. <laughs> but yet you guys believe Stifle Tower... 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm fresh. Stifler I know what I'm I just think this. <laughs> That's all I'm going to think of for the year now. Is Rudy Stifler Tower, <laughs> go there. Uh, and last, we've got our, uh, we each have a bust and sleeper this year in fantasy. Uh, I'll let Matt Chamberlain start us out with his bust and sleeper and why. My sleeper, I got Carter on the Bulls with uh, Markinen, Levine. I think that third spot to kind of take over is open. And I think that he makes that step to be a good contributing member for them on rebounds, points, like you said. Just a good Duke boy, right? You know, they all are. They all are. <laughs> they all are. But, uh, like I said, just lack of options gives him the opportunity to actually succeed, puts him in that position. So I think that'll do it for him. And my bust is Valanchunas. I haven't seen a sauce. See, <laughs> see, I'm a... Uh, I like the Raptors. I'm glad they got rid of him. I never thought he lived up to what uh, their hopes were for him were. And just, I think that in Memphis, I know Jaw might help him out a little bit since he's... But Jaron's going to take the majority. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, Moran will find him when he's open, but I just think that the other players... I just don't think you can have Jonas Valanciunas as a third option on any team. And oh. there's... Yeah, I think I think he's fine. I think he's an okay center. But yeah, I'd have him as a bust too. I think we're fighting over who could have Valanciunas as a bust. Uh, OJ, who have you got uh, for yours? For my sleeper, I have Stephen Adams, the Kiwi Phenom. <laughs> That's uh, bizarre. And, I mean, another. We love dumpster fires here, and Oklahoma City looks like it's going to be another one. I don't have as much faith in him as the other guys. That's why I didn't make the list. But I think he can have a solid year. It's probably not going to be one of your top picks, but if you can maybe sneak him at the end of the draft, I think he'll give you a good solid outing, and maybe he'll just turn into an MVP candidate because no one else is helping him on the team. <laughs> MVP candidate. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a bit much. <laughs> we are going heavy on the predictions of, like, year awards. And triple double. We don't know nicknames. It's going off the rails. <laughs> And who's your bust, OJ? Yeah, I put, although I love the Portland Trailblazers, I've got Hassan Whiteside as my bust. Um, he just hasn't... He just is not the player he once was. <laughs> I think we all know that. I don't know what happened to him, but uh, I don't think he's going to bring it up. He's going to help, I don't know, but I don't think he's going to give you the points you want. Probably average like 5-2. and two. I'll be honest, I'd rather draft Nurkic and just yeah. sit him in an IR he's spot. Not, yeah, he's not even a starter. Kind I of mean, thing. like, is Whiteside even a bust if he's, like, a barely ever was? I don't know. Hey, we, had, the, we had this discussion on their pods. Like he's already busted, but... He yeah, he's like he's like the Gordon game. Hayward of centers. Like, and that's not a, that, that's not a thing that you want to be. <laughs> um, my bust this year is going to be Brooke Lopez. Um... A lot of people freaked out last year when Brooke Lopez put up 30 points in a playoff game. Um, that's not going to happen again. <laughs> and uh, I think it's just he's starting to get towards the end of his career, and I think people are going to reach on him. And I just don't think that, especially out of the 10 names that we listed, like if he went ahead of any of those guys, that's really bad. And he shouldn't go ahead of players like Steven Adams that we mentioned or... You know, guys like that. So he's my bust. I don't think he's going to have a great year. I mean, he's going to be fighting for minutes with his brother. And if we've learned anything, it's that Robin Lopez loves to fight. Normally with mascots, but yeah. Uh, My sleeper this year is actually going to be Willie Cauley-Stein. The big reason, Golden State is a very thin roster. Um, With no Clay Thompson, they're essentially relying on Curry, Russell, and Draymond. 
uh, and not a whole lot else there. And I think that Cauley Stein's a guy that you could draft, could give you the rebounding that Golden State's desperately going to need, uh, going to give you some points as well. Um, I just think he's he's a good sleeper pick if you can get him towards the tail end of the draft. Maybe either stash him on your bench or have him ha- as your uh, utility spot or something like that. He'd be a really great option for you. Uh, but that's all that we've got for you guys today. Uh, as we said, we are only a couple weeks out now from the NBA season starting. Uh, because of that, uh, we're going to be doing our uh, regular season preview pod. Uh, that's going to be coming to you uh, the night before uh, the NBA season starts. So mark it in your calendars. And then we're going to be moving back to weekly podcasts once the season started. Um, it's been a long, grueling off season. We've talked about a lot of meaningless topics like <laughs> mascots and shoes and 2K and jerseys. But, you know, we're finally there. We're, we're finally getting to uh, the NBA season starting. Uh, we will also be talking about our draft. Um, we do have our Shooter Shoot podcast draft. Um, it includes the three of us. Uh, one of our regulars as well, Jet, as well as uh, three batter minimum guys and uh, just a couple of randos that really wanted to be in the league, uh, including Connor, you know, crowd favorite Connor who compared Taco Fall to Kevin Durant. That's not um, true. <laughs> that, that is not true. Uh, so we're going to end things off there. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, on Podbean, and on iTunes. Uh, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.